Maggie, this is the time for the sermon, right? Okay, perfect. (laughs) I'm new around here. You know that. Thank you so much uh, for welcoming me and my family. My family is here with me uh, this Sunday here into your church, Asbury United Methodist Church. We are so glad to be here. Uh, And this is a a weekend of, of new beginnings that we celebrate, right? The birth of our country, July the 4th. It's a new beginning. Uh, for democracy and for for many things here that we experience and for me it's a new beginning as well I've been at another church for nine wonderful years and and while I'm I'm sad to leave them behind I know they're in good hands but I'm excited to be here with you but it's going to be clear a lot through the first couple months that I'm the new kid on the block Because I'm not going to know everybody's name. I'm not going to know all the stories. I'm going to mess up the pastoral greeting like I did a little bit this morning. But thank you for your grace and showing me kindness and love and helping me get on board in this church. You know, I'm originally from South Carolina. I was born in Columbia, South Carolina. uh, And I lived there until I was about five years old. And we moved to Aiken, South Carolina, which was my father's hometown. And that's where I went to school. That's where I graduated from high school. That's kind of my my home. It's across the Savannah River from Augusta, Georgia. So that's kind of where I hail from. And my mother forgave me for leaving South Carolina after about 15 years uh, of leaving. Of leaving. There we go. Of leaving. And uh, after those 15 years, I reminded her, I'm only five, six hours away on I-20. It's not that far. But I grew up over there. The first 22 years of my life were spent in South Carolina, where we know how to pronounce pecan correctly. <laughs> pecan pie, okay? My kids are shaking their heads because they're, they're 100% Alabama right now. They were born here. My wife and I met in North Carolina in seminary. She's from Alabama. Uh, she's from Madison, Alabama, outside of Uh, of Huntsville. She went to Bob Jones High School, went to Birmingham Southern College, and that's where she works now as the chaplain uh, for the faculty and the students there. So we met when we were in seminary in North Carolina. We got married, and we moved to Trustville, Alabama. We both were in churches here in Alabama, the North uh, uh, Alabama Conference. And it was during that time that I was sort of getting used to being an Alabamian, as I was in Trustful, I was Southern enough. I fit in for the most part. You know, when it was summer, I knew where to park in the shade. I knew how to say y'all. I did grow up on sweet tea. I got most of the check marks, but there were a few things that would happen from time to time that made it clear I was not from Alabama. And you can probably imagine the first one. The first one was the first question almost everybody asked me. Alabama. Auburn. And when I said neither, I'm a South Carolina Gamecock, there was an expression of confusion followed by, we're so sorry. <laughs> we, had, we had a little bit of good times there, but pretty much, you know, it is what it is. The other thing they would say is, no, seriously, Alabama or Auburn. They wouldn't let me off the hook. And then I would say something like, well, I'm also a Duke Blue Devil, but... It was very clear that I was not from around here. It was also clear that I was not around he- from around here when I would talk about cities 
here, like Gwen, Alabama, Guen, or Opelika, Opelika, Wananta, Aniana, right? It can keep going, all right? It just keeps going because it's very clear that I wasn't from around here. Probably uh, the best story of me not being from around here was before we moved to Alabama, my wife and I, we were engaged. We were about to get married in 2003. And my uh, in-laws and some of their friends had a wedding shower uh, over in Madison, Huntsville area for us. So we drove down here for that wedding shower. And it was one of those typical spring afternoons in Alabama where it was real sunny in the morning, but it got real overcast and then it got real gray in the afternoon. And the bad weather was just rolling in. About halfway through us opening presents, all of a sudden this horrible siren went off. And I was the only one that was appropriately scared in the whole room. I was a little nervous, but everybody just kept acting like it was no big deal. I figured out it was a tornado siren, and one person calmly walked over to the remote and turned on the television to see the news. And I was just getting nervous. You know, we had hurricanes. You can see those coming for days. For a tornado, it was a little bit scary for me. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I started getting to the point of almost panicking. I looked over at Julie and I said, we need to get into the basement. Now, that's what I thought I said. But I really said, we need to get in the basement. <laughs> and she looked over the TV and looked over at me and said, it's fine. It's on the other side of the county. We're fine. I did not feel fine. It was clear from that moment I was the only one not from Alabama in the room. Now, I've lived here long enough, I, I know what polygons are, so I've kind of gotten situated to being here. But we all have, have faced those times when we feel new, don't we? We feel new in the place where we are. We feel like the new kid on the block. And we know that if we just stick around long enough, if we invest all that we are into something, we'll eventually fit in. And I kind of feel like that now. You know, Pastor Maggie read for us from Ephesians chapter 2, Paul speaking to the Christians in the church in Ephesus. And as Paul's writing to them, it's very important for us to understand that not everybody felt like they fit in in the church in Ephesus. Not everybody felt like they belonged yet. But they would eventually fit in. You see, Paul was this evangelist who was called by God to go off and to preach and teach in the cities outside of Israel. Jesus told his disciples that they would grow the church by starting first in Jerusalem, and then they would go out into Judea, the, the areas outside of Jerusalem, to the north near the Sea of Galilee. Then they would go to Samaria, You've heard of the Good Samaritan. They would go to Samaria, and then they would go to the rest of the world. And Paul was instrumental in going to the rest of the world. He was one of the people that would go out into these towns outside of Israel. They call them Gentile towns. They were not Jewish. They would go to these outer towns, and they would first go to the synagogues to go and meet with people who were Jewish. And then they would try to invite them into the church. 
Eventually, they would go beyond the Jewish people in those communities, and they would try to go and meet with people who were not Jewish and invite them to the church. And so what Paul was doing is sort of creating these communities of faith, these churches that were formed of people from very different backgrounds. The Gentile Christians didn't really understand much about the Judaism where Christianity came out of. They didn't understand a lot about the stories in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. They didn't understand about Abraham and Moses. They didn't understand about the temple in Jerusalem. And so they felt a little bit out of place in the church. Because of what Paul was doing, he did create these churches often with Jewish Christians at the core of the church, but more and more over time, these churches were becoming more and more Gentile, more and more filled with people that did not know the original stories. And those growing mature, mature or immature Christians, in a sense, those growing immature new kids on the block were becoming the majority in the church. And they didn't really feel like they fit in, we can imagine. And Paul almost seems to be speaking only to those Gentile Christians in the passage that we read today. I want to remind you one of the scriptures that Pastor Maggie read, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Isn't that beautiful? Paul is talking to people that don't feel like they fit in. They're the new people. They're the ones that don't know all the answers to the test. And Paul's not telling them, hey, listen, you're on the path. You're, you're, you're gonna be a member one day. No, he tells them you're already members. You're already part of the family. You are already part of the church family. And it's not because the Jewish Christians got together and said, you know, it's okay for you guys to be part of the family now. No, Paul doesn't even give them the option of whether or not they should be part of the church. Why? Because Paul says that this work has already been done by Christ Jesus himself. Christ Jesus has opened up the church to these new folks, these Gentile Christians, and they're part of the family, and they will always be part of the family. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to get to know the stories, to get adapted to the faith, but that's just a matter of time and study and building relationships. They are already part of the household of God. It's a beautiful message to those Gentile Christians. They may come from a different culture, but they already fit in because they have the same God, the same Lord Jesus, the same church, the same baptism. There is no difference between them. You may remember that in other places, Paul says there is no longer Jew nor Greek, right? They are all part of the same church. They may feel like they don't belong, but they do. Can you imagine or can you remember when you were new 
to the faith, when you were new to a church, when it was new for you to sit among people around, can you remember what it felt like to be in that moment where you didn't know the customs or the traditions? You didn't know if they sang the Gloria Patri this way or this way. You didn't really know what it was like to be a part of the church. How did it take, how did it take you from being a new person to being part of the family? Part of it is just time, right? It takes time to learn the ropes and to begin to fit in. But it also took not just time, but it took relationships. Building bridges with the people who sit in the pews with you, the people who sit in circles with you in Sunday school or small groups. And it took serving side by side with each other. Those relationships can be the glue that hold people together into a family of faith. One of the words that was given to the early church to help them understand what it means to be uh, a family like this within the church is the word uh, philoexnia. 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 It literally means loving strangers. Loving strangers. But we translate it in Scripture as hospitality. Hospitality. Now, I know that being from the South, we all can think about Southern hospitality, right? Well, that's wonderful, but this philoexnia takes it the next step. It's not just about treating someone else like they are loved and cared for. Philoexnia, loving strangers, means loving them like their neighbors, loving them like their family. It's not about being nice to them. It's about treating them like they're already part of the family even though they're brand new. So when Paul talks to the Jewish Christians about these new folks, these brand new kids on the block that were becoming part of the church, he tells them to love them, to include them, and to show them hospitality, philoexnia, to love the strangers among them. That's the kind of love that this church is founded on. This is the kind of hospitality that this church is founded on. I want you to think back to 1986 when my friend Mitchell Williams helped start Asbury United Methodist Church with 110 people in the church. Not every one of them felt like family in those first days of starting a church, but then they began to feel that way over time. As those bridges were built, as year after year, those experiences of being a church family grew over time. The picture of what Asbury United Methodist Church is developed over time by those relationships. I have a picture here that I want to show you. This is a picture. I'll show the choir first. You're sometimes left out, aren't you? Here you go. This is a picture from another church that I served from Canterbury United Methodist Church where your former associate pastor, Dr. Morgan, served. This picture, the cross, is made out of people from the church. They took a directory, a church directory, that sacred document, and cut it up and made the picture of the cross with people's faces. And there are other images from life in the church that build up the area around it. It was built with people that had been there 
for 30 years or more and it was built with people that were brand new to the church. The picture of who Asbury United Methodist Church is has been going on since 1986. And I want to tell you today that I am so honored and so very blessed to now have my picture as part of that. To be part of the family and to be a part of what you already do to make a difference in the kingdom of God and in this community. I am expecting great things, not only because this church has already had a legacy of faithful service, but because I know that that is going to continue because of the people that you are and the way that you have showed Philo Exnia together. I want to make you uh, two promises, and I'm going to ask you for two things today. And I hope that we can be faithful to these, and it will allow us over time to build bridges of friendship and love as a church family. First, I want to uh, promise you that I am going to love this church, and I am going to love the people in this church and be invested and involved in the ministries. Uh, of this church I'm going to show up and be a part of things here that's the kind of pastor I am and that's the kind of way that we can build friendships and love together I'm going to practice that philo exnia with you and I'm also going to promise you today that I will lead by example and to try to lead a example that is built on character uh, and integrity and transparency as well. That I'll be a part of helping make things as clear as we can here at this church. And I'm going to ask two things from you. I'm not going to make you promise today. First is, will you pray for me and my family and for Pastor Michael? This is going to be confusing, right? Pastor Michael, Pastor Mike. Pastor Michael Bowman, who's preaching over in our wonderful modern service today pray for him and his family as well as we become part of this church embrace us and welcome us as much as you can and the second thing I'm going to ask for you is will you continue to share with your pastoral team Maggie and Robert Michael and myself will you share with us your hopes and dreams for our church so that we can better build that big picture together of what Asbury United Methodist Church is. I'm excited to be here, and I'm very thankful that you are here today. And may God continue to bless us on this journey together.